You are listening to the Radio Free Podcasting Network. Your weekly dose of pop culture. All the movies we've seen. All your favorite things. Star Wars. Twin Peaks. Game of Thrones. Kingdom Hearts. Beloved characters. Targeted to what's really important to you. John in 60 Seconds, the podcast that celebrates the career of John Cusack one minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Patrick. I'm your other host, Nathan. And today we're taking a look at minute 28 of Say Anything. Hopefully you didn't talk to Joe since don't, the last episode. Don't talk to Joe. Don't, don't talk to Joe and stay the hell off of Urban Dictionary. Yeah, right. Well, right. definitely don't talk to Joe. Joe is on Urban Dictionary. That's the problem. This is true. All right. All right. So Corey has seen Joe. Now, we've all already seen Joe. You got to wonder how Corey reacted when Joe sang, what was it, Greatest Love of All? Yeah. Maybe that was a special song between them. I mean, somehow I don't think that's really Corey's style, but... I don't think it would be Joe's style either. I think he would just... He's going for the irony. Yeah. Like, he he just... like He's so hipster, he's like, it's, it's before hipsters even were hipsters. I just think I always assumed that... <laughs> That's the best I got. I don't know. Whatever. I just think I always assumed he knew he was going to have to give a speech at graduation. Uh, I'm not sure why. I assume he must have been like class president or something. Or maybe he was the most popular guy in school. No, because then Chris White would be giving the speech. <laughs> um, Goddamn right. And he just did zero planning. Figured he'd wing it. And that's what came to mind when he got up there. <laughs> I'll buy it. Because that, that seems like a Joe kind of thing to do. Yeah. So they they lock eyes. Mimi just says, I'll be in the kitchen, Joe. I kind of wish that maybe Mimi... Well, I mean, it's it's not really necessary, I guess, for the story to have Mimi have any more of a role. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mimi... She's going to go away to college, so right. we don't need her. And we're going to break up with her right. anyway. Exactly. Uh, but... We're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah, so Mimi just ducks out. You know, which, okay. I mean, like, Mimi recognizes that Joe and Corey have a history, and she's just like, all right, like, it, you know, this is this is your thing, Joe. Mimi's probably smarter than Joe. That's a, that's a safe bet. Yeah. I, you know. She can't be too smart because she's with Joe. Right. But then again, Corey's smart, and she was with Joe. True. Corey's just, you know, maybe a little emotionally fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, can you fault someone for being with Joe, especially when they're going to belt out Whitney like that? Right, oh, right, I don't right. know. Yeah, I, you know, all right, Joe, call me up. Um, don't talk to Joe. Okay. I, I warned you. Don't Joe, talk to Joe. Don't call me. If Joe calls you, all I want you to say is, hi, Joe, how are you? Right. And then hang up the phone. Right. Joe, if you do want to call that number, is 555-1342. That's 555-1342. All right. All right, so Mimi leaves, and then Corey just... Tears into one of her more angry, mm, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the uh, that'll never be me song. 
Did this one make it onto the soundtrack? Uh, I I never owned the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never had For it. For some reason, I feel like either there's a version of the soundtrack out there with little clips of the movie, Maybe. including this, or it was just you know someone made a tape for their car that had little clips of the movie. Possible. Which is entirely possible. Mm. I mean, it might have been me. No, because I put that shit on my answer machine. You not, know, not on tape for my car. Making tapes off of VHS. Yeah. Reminds me of a tape that I had back in the day. Recorded in oh, the that, next room over there. Yeah, that room over there. Uh, it was um, like I, I I guess this is the first time I drop an N bomb on a on, on a podcast, but it was the Jane's Addiction Ice Tea. Ah, yes. Mm. Don't call me <coughs> Whitey. Right. Um, because you couldn't. You couldn't get that song anywhere except for VHS. Right. So we put it onto yeah, it was only cassette there. to take with us for those long yeah. rides down to the beach. Right. Where we ate French fries. Uh, yeah, and I, and I threw uh, I threw some L seven on there too because I was you know I was down for that. Um, I forget. We might have put City Song on on that oh, I'm, too. Oh, I'm I'm willing to bet we put City Song. Yeah, I mean, if not on that same tape, at least another one around the mm-hmm. same era. But yeah, anyway, um, that's a that's a diversion. But yeah, um, Corey uh, launches into this angry uh, rant about yeah, that'll never be me. That's yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Um, never. And, and Joe walks towards her like he he's just kind of like. He has like such like such a douchey look, um, as I, or or like I mean, you know maybe like part of him's turned on by the fact that this girl's just so emotionally like invested in him. Yeah, like the fact that he hurt her maybe is like fueling like oh like this is rad or whatever. Um, but Joe seems like the kind of guy that when you say. I wrote 63 songs, and they're all about Joe, and they're all about pain. He's like, yeah, right. they're all about right. me. Right. <laughs> like, kind of missing the point. Right, right. That's Joe right. in a nutshell. Well, that brings us to, like, the next line. Yeah. yeah, so Joe's walking towards her, and I find this scene really interesting. Uh, and, and we talked about this a little bit uh, off mic, you know, about a half hour ago. Um Lloyd, okay, like he's what he's training in kickboxing, mm-hmm. but sport of the future, sport of the future, yeah, Donnie the Dragon Wilson. Um, but there's nothing about Lloyd's demeanor throughout the whole film that suggests that really like he's gonna engage someone physically, mm-hmm. like he's not the guy who's gonna pick a fight. That's right. not Lloyd, no, not at all. Um, but there's some physical contact in this scene between Lloyd and Joe, which which strikes me a bit because, you know, I don't know about you, Patrick, but unless I'm in a situation where I do want to be touched, I absolutely do not want to be touched. Right. And same here. To have someone like or like it's one thing to like to have someone like put their hand on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing. But I'm not confrontational physically. I haven't been in a physical fight since fourth grade. 
Same here, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's That's just not my style. Um, and I, I, I kind of, you know, maybe this is just me projecting my own personality onto Lloyd or vice versa and not, you know, trying to identify with him. But like, I, I don't get the impression that he's the kind of guy who's going to, like, throw down with someone. Like, that's just, that's not Lloyd. Right. I agree. But Joe is approaching Corey and just staring her in the eyes, probably just using his stare gaze mind fuck kind of thing that he's probably done with her before or whatever. Like he's like, he's as we you know find out in you know subsequent lines, like he's messing with her head Yeah, and dumbass grin on his face too. Right. And Lloyd grabs him by the collar of his shirt and pulls him back. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. Lloyd actually like grabs his shirt and you know, she's like, you know, Joe, Joe, and this is where like we have the 65 songs thing and you know, like, yeah, like, they're all about pain, you know. Yeah, they're all about you. They're all about pain. Um, and he's just so pleased about that. Yeah, and, and give it give it a couple seconds in, in into this episode, and uh, Lo Lloyd will actually touch the guy's face yeah. again. Like that kind of physical contact, like that's 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 very personal. Mm -hmm. Like that is um, like. You, you, I'm, I'm sorry, man, but like, you don't touch someone's face unless you mean like business. Mm -hmm. And, um, Lloyd obviously means business. He's looking out for his friend. This yeah. is Corey. He cares about her. And he's like, like, please, like, don't fuck with my friend. Yep. Um, and, so yeah, she's written 65 songs. They're all about you. They're all about pain. And Joe's follow up line is, so what's up? Classic Joe. Yeah, classic Joe. Like, just um, if you uh, if you want to look at the uh, the notes that I wrote next to that line, clueless douche, clueless douche, clueless douche. Now the thing is, like, we I I think we all, well, maybe we don't quite all know by this point in the film because we'll get to know Joe a little bit more later in the film. But like, Joe is a douche. Yeah. But this is where like I I, I gotta like take it back, take it back. We'll take it back. Uh, take it back to what you were talking earlier about exposition. Whereas, like, in a lesser movie with, you know, shoddier screenwriting, Joe would, like, come out and be like, hey, Lloyd, here's the thing, man. Like, I'm a douche. Right. And, like, what I do is, like, I douche it up because I'm, like, you know. I douche it best and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he, like, he doesn't even know how much of an asshole he is. And he's like, so what's up? Yeah. I, I, I really love that line because it just, like, I, 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 I don't know if I can really put words to it. Um, I mean, you and I chuckled at it when we were watching it earlier. He's, he's just, is he? Well, it kind of goes back to that thing when, in, in whether it's film or even literature, it's like a lot of times the villain doesn't know they're the villain. They think they're right. Right. Okay. And although he's not really the villain of this film, no, he is in this at this party at this segment of the film at this far into the film, he's the only bad guy we have. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that he doesn't think there's anything wrong with yeah himself or anything he's done. It's just kind of like yeah. If you compare it to like other, whether it's '80s movies or high school movies or 
high school movies from the eighties. The bad guys are usually so over the top as like like Blaine and Pretty in Pink, right? Like, okay. but Joe's just clueless, and that's what makes him so terrible. Is that he doesn't? I mean, and, and makes him so realistic, right? Is yeah, the, yeah. The thing that's it's, bad about him is real that thing. he hurts people, and he has no clue that he hurts people. Mm-hmm. Which is why he's able to be the uh, you know. I'll just say he's the villain thus far in this piece. Sure. And at the same time as this, the most popular guy at their school, not the most popular guy in school. Chris White, shout out. Right. Chris White, what's up? But, you know, it, it's why you have this guy, Joe, that you you get the feeling that everyone loves, except for Lloyd and Corey in DC. Mm-hmm. But you see him at the graduation. It's not like they're sitting there going, why is, why is he up there singing? Everybody was clapping, you know. So he's this popular guy that's probably not a dick to everyone, but he was a dick to Corey. And going back to what you were mentioning, is like rather than just kind of be in the corner, uh, Lloyd sitting there going, no, don't go talk to her. He puts himself right in between Joe and, and Corey. He's not letting that happen. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I really like like how much he looks out for her and, and, and as will you know, like in a later minute when Corey is talking to Diane, I mean, she's also, I mean, I don't know if looking out for Lloyd is quite the exact phrasing that I would go for, but like, I mean, they, they think highly of each other mm-hmm. and they, you know, they want the best for each other. And, um, so I guess, you know, uh, on that note, you know, the, the, the next line from Lloyd, you know, stop freaking with her head, man. Just stop playing with her mind. You know, she's a human being. She's a person. Mm. She's very talented, you know. And actually, that li- that last sentence, it's like, I mean, the f- okay. I mean, Lloyd thinks highly of her and, and, and as, you know, and she's very talented. That actually sort of, strikes me as like an oddball like out kind of line like if you're trying to make the point to joe that you should stop fucking with this person's head because she's a human being Mm -hmm. like the fact that she's talented i mean well i i i wonder if it has to do with lloyd is so invested in her as a friend that he sees that she's got this talent she could be doing something with her music Mm mm-hmm but because Joe keeps screwing with her, she's writing <laughs> 65, 65 songs, songs about, about Joe, him. and that's not going to get her anywhere. Right, yeah, yeah, and, she's she's yeah, she's yeah, stuck. She's got pictures of him all over her bedroom. Yeah, and, and so you could kind of see how, as someone that's like, just looking out for her overall well-being, that yeah. that could be something that bothers him about this entire situation, is that... Yeah, this guy's holding her back. From, from yeah, exactly, exactly. From life, yeah, just you know, just from all, all of the things that she could be doing if she weren't hanging around some clueless douchebag. Right. I like this scene a lot. Mm-hmm. And again, no stupid exposition. Right. Uh, Corey mentions in another scene that Joe is cheating on her. When it makes sense for her to exp- to mention it, because she's talking to people that may not know the situation. Right. In other movies, Lloyd would go, you know, go up to Joe and go. You need to leave her alone because you did this and this and this and this. And it's like, well, Joe already knows he did that. 
Right. Instead, he go he delivers these other lines that that Joe may not know how many songs have been written, but but he's making a point of she's writing all these songs about you. She's wasting all her time on you because you're screwing with her head instead of just rehashing very obvious things. You should leave her alone because you dated for two years and the whole time you were with Mimi. It's like no one talks that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. Uh, Joe just again, like fo- like following up with just as much douche as you need says, dude, why do you think I keep their tapes? Yeah. They're going to be valuable someday. Yeah. Just, yeah, I'm a douche. Which, I guess that makes the gas and sip scene that much funnier because Lloyd's going to go to this guy for advice. Right. That just shows how far he's fallen at that point. Yeah, that's, I mean, that... And, it was a huge mistake. Yeah, and <laughs> and he knows it. Yeah. I mean, he acts on it anyway, but, like, he totally knows, all right, this is, all right, you know. Or, but, like, he, he's in a desperate, just, like, very hurt situation. That's what he goes with, and... Um. Yeah. All right. So, no, never, ever, ever. Don't you even think it. Like that's how we wrap up the scene, and we're almost at the end of this minute. Almost. Almost. I'm passing my notes to Patrick. It'd be fun for you to take. I. I <laughs> for you listeners, like I, I've been holding I, the. Notes. I could not remember. I knew there was something more, <laughs> but I couldn't remember what it was. I've been holding the notes these uh, and, and and you know interior Valer's bathroom uh-huh. night. Uh huh. Mike has a drink in each hand uh-huh. and looks in the mirror. Uh huh. Mike. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now the question is, how purple? He uh, yeah yeah he's he he's double fisting it. Purple passion. Yeah, he's he's got two drinks in his hand. How purple are those drinks? I would invite you listeners at home to watch and weigh in on how purple the passion is. I've so what do you think's going through Mike's head at this point? He's looking at himself in the mirror and saying, Oh my god. But we mentioned earlier that he might be the most eighties guy in this eighties movie. Just his hair and his style. He's 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 going for it. Right. So is it that or is he just seeing something that we're not seeing when he's looking in the mirror? Uh you know All right. I mean, you and I have we've known each other for 25 years, something like that, yeah. That's actually pretty damn accurate. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um what do you do when you've known someone for 25 years? You start a podcast. Right. 28 episodes in. Um, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. So, we've all hit that wall where we realize, like, oh, shit, I should have stopped, like, three drinks ago. Mm, You know? Like, I I, I think that's just what's happening. Like, Mike Mike Cameron, like, he's had enough of the purple passion where he realizes, like, oh, man, like, the passion is, like, really purple right now. Because I've I've wondered that. Is he, you know, is he reevaluating his life when he looks in the mirror, or is it just that kind of... 
that moment of knowing that you've had a few too many always seems to happen in the bathroom anyways. And maybe it is the looking in the mirror and realizing that your face you, is starting to sag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, <laughs> you can't really focus on yourself. When you're outside, you, you feel fine, you feel great, and then you look in the mirror and realize just how horrible you look. Yeah, when you're outside, you, you you might have a cool breeze right. like on your face, and when you're inside, like you have like maybe fluorescent lights on you, true. And, like that's not fun, and um, the fact that he has two drinks in his hands, like that's, and they appear to be the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they're both. Per- well, I think they're only serving. Uh, one yeah, thing but is. like, what else are people drinking at this party? Yeah, you don't go to Valeris to drink freaking Bud Light or something no. like that. You get the Purple Passion, right? But yeah, he like he's like, oh my god, and then um, poor Mike, you feel for the guy, because that's never a fun moment, because this is not something where you can no, no, it's not. It's it's not like anything else in life where you go, I've made a mistake. Let me just stop, and everything will be okay. The moment that you know that you've had too many, and then you can, yeah, you, you know that even if you stop right now, it's going to continue to hit you, mm-hmm. and that this night is just going to get worse. So mm-hmm. that's that, that's a terrible feeling, terrible right. feeling. So I feel for the guy. Because when you're, when you're at the point that even you know, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Usually, twenty other people know or already. have known for a while, right? And and you you really you can't do anything about it anymore. It's it's going to get worse, and and there's your best bet is to go find a place to go sleep, so that right. you don't do anything really embarrassing. Right, and and. and it doesn't indicate in our working model of a screenplay like when he like takes another drink because he he does like right. in the mirror like takes another drink and like he yeah, leans into it at that point he, yeah he's looking at himself being like all right this is bad and then takes another drink and be like well let's just hope for the best right and, um you know maybe he's thinking of his conversation with Dan I mean Lloyd could uh, be you know um you know. For all we know, there's someone at the party that he would like to ask out. It's entirely possible. And he's trying to get up the courage to, like, you know, embrace his... Uh, inner uh, inner Lloyd? Yeah. I wonder if with with that much alcohol in his system, then he's now missed the point of Lloyd's conversation and has, instead of interpreting it as just, just be yourself, as you actually have to be Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> right? Why like, did it work? I like that. Who, who are you? I'm Lloyd Dobler. And at, at that point in the night... He got it. And then later, he might be looking in the mirror and realizing, oh, my God, I'm not Lloyd Dobler. Right. Oh, my God. Right. Maybe if I have another sip, I'll be Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm still not 100% sure what he was thinking, but I do feel for the guy. Yeah. I think that in one way or another, many of us have been Mike Cameron. Oh, for sure. Just, or, you know, at, at, at one time or another. Uh, like, I... I I have been the guy, not necessarily who couldn't remember like where he lived, but um, you know, I've been the guy dropped off in the morning in rough shape. Mm-hmm. You know, um, oh, for sure. And you know, Mike Cameron like reached out for like, hey, like, how did like you know, I was Mike Cameron. Like, Dan, shout out, what up? What's up, Dan? I don't actually know if Dan's listening, but um, even if he's not. I did now come, he I, could be someday. Yeah. Beauty of podcasts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, I guess, maybe that's a nice way to round out this minute. Is like this. This film does capture a lot of those. Like we've all been there. Yeah. In, in one sense or another. 
we've all been Mike Cameron at the party. Even if that, like, even what? if our Mike Cameron moment happened when we were twenty five or right, something right, like that. Right. Um, I think we've all been Jeremy Piven at the party. We've all been so many of these characters, right? At some point, right? I think that's why. And you know, like what? we've said before, like that's why this movie connected me with it in a way in a way that here we are, however many years later, right, recording a podcast about it because it's it it's not just that it holds up; it's that it still connects. And those are to me are two different things. Right? You can and, watch an old movie and. Say, hey, it still holds up. It was still funny or whatever, but I still connect with it. Right. And neither of us have kids, but True. maybe someday we'll be Jim Court. Jim Court. Jim Court. <laughs> and I'm going to answer the phone like that. Fuck yeah. Jim well, Court. Jim Court. Yeah, I mean, that's probably... I mean, that's a scary thought. That That's probably the only character, the only main character in the movie that I haven't, you know, watched this movie through their eyes because I don't really truly understand what it is sure. to have kids but you know having nieces and nephews you can get close enough to it to uh-huh. just have someone someone in your family that's the next generation down that you know you would do anything for right. kind of thing that feeling yeah and and neither of us will ever steal from old people <laughs> <laughs> damn right <clears throat> um Okay, hopefully true. Um, but I was going to say... Okay. <laughs> I did think that's where you were going. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, uh, I, like, given our backgrounds, neither of us will ever know what Constance goes through. True. But there are going to be viewers who watch this film... Totally. ...who know exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah. Constance is going through. And, and I, I'm sure there are... Hey, if you're one of those viewers... Call us up. 555-1342. Or just tweet at us. At John in 60. That's John in 60. Or N to the Izzo. Just put the underscores in between. You know where to put them. Come on. Just put them wherever you want. Yeah. It'll work out. I think Twitter has an autocorrect. Sure. Or you can hit me up at Bonfrisco. B-O-N-F-R-I-S-C-O. Yeah. 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 The film, it works on a bunch of levels. Mm-hmm. Um and you know what I'm going to do right now? Hmm. going to tear a page off. He's torn a page off. I got notes, bitches. He's got notes. I said bitches. People. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm polite. I'm the polite one. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, aside from Jim Court, I don't exactly... Yeah. know how to yeah uh see the movie through Constance's eyes. No, yeah. But I mean that maybe that's something that we can explore on Joan in 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bet that's going to happen. Shit. songs 65 they're all about you they're all about pain so what's up 